0: hello and welcome to FML Fund my Life a podcast brought to you by my Wall Street. My name is Nicole and I'm the social media manager here at My Wall Street and with me today as usual is my lovely co-host Anne Marie. He might recognize from Stock Club and is one of our top investment analysts here. So hi Anne-Marie, how are you?
1: I'm good Nicole. how are you? How are you dealing with the heat wave?
0: Yeah, this week is a lot better actually like last week it was 39 degrees in Portugal so it was way too hot. How was it in Ireland? I think my house got up to twenty-seven,
1: which was Mm -hmm. but with the humidity, it feels like a swamp. Like it's yeah, um, it's not nice. Um, But yeah, thirty-nine is quite hot for for continental Europe. For for our American listeners, thirty-nine degrees is like hundred and two degrees Fahrenheit, which is it's a bit scorching. It's not you don't. It's not exactly what you want.
0: Yeah, I like that you're so accommodating to American listeners. Um, We actually never (laughs) they have to be accommodated. I never know when people say that like yeah 100 and whatever degrees i'm like what is that it's like when people say they're you know they're high in centimeters yeah no idea it's always such an odd figure
1: because they're like oh it's 100 and i'm 165 centimeters i'm like oh so you don't use that no we would do feet and inches because we use imperial Mm -hmm. measurements which apparently the uk is about to switch back to they have mm-hmm. been using metric and Boris Johnson, he proposed something like right before um, they tried to oust him from the government. He was like, we need to go back to imperial units because we Why? we founded them. So
0: he's just trying to change everything like with that. Country. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know. But they already use miles per hour, don't they, on their speed signs?
0: They do. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah that's funny. Yeah. yeah. So how was your week on the stock market? Any big news? Um, Any news story think- surprise you?
1: Big news. We are right at the beginning of earnings season, which is always, you mm. know, exciting, challenging. It's always a bit stressful for us because we're trying to read multiple reports that can't are coming out. Uh, beginning of earnings season tends to be kicked off with big tech tends to come out first. So Facebook mm-hmm. is today. I'm actually very interested to see how Facebook is doing. I have long been predicting the downfall of Facebook and Instagram in terms of advertisement revenue. So every yeah. quarter that they release stuff, I'm always eagerly in there having a look around similarly um google was released yesterday and microsoft was released yesterday and uh google was showing also a difficulty in terms of um advertisement revenue um which meant that the overall company missed revenue expectations for the quarter it wasn't it was very narrowly it was by you know only a couple of tens of millions which when you bring in seven billion dollars in a quarter isn't all that much yeah. um but it's kind of what we're expecting to see um Consumers are cutting spending. Marketing departments are cutting spending. And that means that there will just be less advertisement revenue floating around for Mm -hmm. companies that are dependent on it. Um, But never fear because my all-time favorite, Costco, they have not yet released their quarterly report, but they did release their June sales figures and their sales in June were up 20%, which considering that people are starting to reduce discretionary spending is very strong
0: that is strong yeah you know what because you go on about costco so much i actually invested in it for the first time ever last week that is
1: an excellent investment i'm very proud of you i love i love costco but you've never been in one which is a shame we should yeah you should find one to go into well you actually need to find someone first who has a membership who can bring you in it's like <laughs> an exclusive club and then you, said, you can have a look around
0: there's one in spain you said on the last i think podcast. there might
1: be someone in spain uh, because there are definitely some in the uk is there one in the north we'll check now of Spain um, no in Northern Ireland <laughs> I think there must be oh okay. Um, yeah no and you I've can never go heard of them. you can sneak in it's a fun fact you can sneak into Costco's by so they have like two doors and one is the in and one is the out you can sneak in the outdoor if all you want to do is go to the food court which I think is worthwhile they have nice pizza um,
0: okay. so you're not really sneaking in you're allowed to do that
1: Um, I don't know are you allowed to do it you just kind of <laughs> make your way past the staff yeah there's one in Madrid
0: Oh, there's one in Madrid. Okay. I'll be in Madrid. I have an uncle there. Okay. There, there you go. You go. I'll look for someone with a membership. Yeah. You could just like loiter,
1: website. just like loiter in the parking lot and just be like, I've never been in a Costco before. Mm. Could you bring me with you? Spain's so,
0: Spain so laid back. I can imagine they're just like, yeah, go in, go in. No pasa yeah. nada.
1: Yeah. The only issue is you can't buy anything without a membership. They'll ask you for your membership card.
0: So. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll say I'm purely here for investment. For
1: research purposes. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's invest. I'm a shareholder, so you know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I actually did read that you get a free membership if you're a shareholder.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, going on to tell you guys what this episode is about, it's all about NFTs. So if you did tune into episode three of FML, and which was titled "The Simple Life of NFTs," you would have caught our interview with Alex, who's an Irish NFT artist, and she answered all of our questions about what it's like to be a designer and a trader in the NFT space and spoke at length about the community aspect of NFTs and how these digital tokens are basically changing people's lives. So that episode was really good because it was all, um, you know, from the point of view of an artist who is very heavily involved in the community, and she talks about, like, the benefits of NFTs for artists. But in this episode, we're going to kind of talk about how they're, like, if they're good investment or not, and we're going to talk about some of the pros and cons, compare them a little bit to um stock stock investment and as well talk about the how celebrity culture has influenced and um, the market before we do i think emory you have a story about nfts
1: i have like an nft related story i suppose you could say because as you know mm-hmm. when i do research for these pieces uh, specifically about nfts i tend to mm-hmm. like to jump into some nft discourse just to see what's going mm-hmm. around you know take the pulse of the of the community you know i'm all about that in-depth yeah. research yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of course um but actually a a good story I have in relation to NFTs is have you ever played the game Neopets when you were like a kid?
0: No. And when you said this to me earlier, I was I've never even heard of it. Have you have you heard of webkins? Maybe? No. I really wasn't a like computer kid.
1: Okay. Well, oh. I was.
0: And um
1: <laughs> there were like they were like, you know, these little like online societies. I argue I would argue it was the first metaverse, might have been Neopets. and you like played games and you earn fake money mm-hmm. and you could actually get get you could like pay real money and get gift cards for the site and like load that in and you, well, it's kind and of it, sims kind of yeah except it was mm-hmm. like all online you could like interact with people and like it, my parents would never ever ever buy me a gift card for the site so i like was always i had to play the games to earn the money which took mm-hmm. forever so long but they would sell these like stupid digital token items that people wanted and they would like sell them in auctions and they were coconuts Mm. like little digital coconuts and people wanted to collect these in their little in our little neopets metaverse and i remember saving up all my little tokens and being like right I'm gonna buy one of these rare coconuts. This is what we're gonna do. And going to the auction. But Neopet's auctions are rigged because you know, like if you go to an auction in real life and you like place down an offer. So like, you know, you're like, oh, I bet six thousand for that. And mm-hmm. then but then someone ma- like matches you or beats you and they offer seven thousand. Yeah. But then you don't pay any money, right? If you lose the auction, you don't pay money. In Neopets yeah. world, you pay money even if you're even if your your bet loses.
0: That's like not an auction then, really.
1: I know, but they had like in this society, they were like, "This is how auctions work." So oh. I spent all my tokens trying to get this this rare coconut, and then I lost the auction and didn't get it anyway, and still lost all my money. So that so... Has just put a bad taste in my mouth about digital digital currencies and digital tokens. Ah, uh,
0: so this is why you're against NFTs. It all goes yes. back to this event.
1: Yep. So this Sorry, is the why you got.
0: Sorry, why you work for a stock investment company, it just explains everything.
1: Yep. So there you go. This is this is the foundation we will be building from in this episode. Just pure (laughs) suspicion.
0: Okay. Well, speaking of spending a lot of money and maybe wasting it, let's talk (laughs) about some of the most expensive NFTs that ever have been sold. So the first one is like by an artist called Pax and it's called the Merge, and it sold for 91.8 million dollars US dollars and it basically just looks like a moon kind of. It looks like space. It's really not that impressive. It's just like a black screen with two dots. Spheres. Spheres. Yeah. It just looks like. The
1: shading on the spheres I guess is
0: (laughs) Would you pay 91 million for it?
1: No. Because I remember when I had to take Photoshop classes in high school, one of the like main exercises they do to make you good at photoshop is they make mm. you shade spheres so
0: i mean the shading yeah. is excellent but it's yeah it's not 91 well, million dollars worth to be fair one person did not pay that it was actually bought by almost twenty-nine thousand different people collectors for a total of almost you know 100 million and it became the most expensive one on december 2nd last year so that was one which I just think is ridiculous because it's so plain looking but I do know that Pax um artist he's very famous I've seen him come Mm. up like a few times when I was like researching the most expensive ones but one that is actually really interesting and I can see why it has become popular is Every Days um it's like the first 5,000 days and if you haven't seen it before it's like loads of little tiny photos And it does look really cool together, but it kind of would give me a headache as well because (laughs) it's just like there's so much going on. I suppose you could zoom in to all the different parts and see them.
1: Yeah. My thing is always how do you display it? Do you know, like if you bought an NFT and you bought it because you Mm -hmm. really liked the art, would you like install a like a monitor on your wall and then put your NFT on it so you could look at it? Because otherwise I feel like the process is really difficult because you bought this piece of art you really like it you want to show it to someone mm. like then you have to like bring them into your home office And you're like wait i'll just load it up and you have to like <laughs> click in and load the file yeah. and then let them see it
0: but well, it's also it seems to be like a really really expensive um way to get a nice twitter photo as well <laughs> people just yeah. put it as their twitter profile photo like was it drake that did that um or travis Scott is.
1: Oh, there's a bloat of celebrities that are now like yeah. are buying NFTs to use them because Twitter added the NFT integration where it like shows oh, okay. as a different, mm-hmm. the border is a different color if it's an official mm-hmm. NFT. A lot mm-hmm. of celebrities have been doing that and it's just mm-hmm. a bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the yeah. the kind of thinking behind the first 5,000 days was that people, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, sorry, NFT fans. Um, so starting from 2007, he agreed to like create one piece of art every day and then this was the result and it's also the last i checked it's the most expensive nft to be sold to one owner so one person did pay almost 70 million for that which is wow. crazy and there's also like there's also some crazy ones where it's just like you know like a blurred person mm, yeah. you know those ones i think they're crazy the the board ape ones they yeah. also the- go for crazy money
1: yeah, you know the crypto, you've seen crypto punks, they're those little pixelated. Yeah, yeah, sorry, people. that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah with all the different,
0: meant. they're funny because
1: they're like one of the original NFTs. They were launched years mm. ago, like in 2017 or 18, something like that. Mm-hmm. And the guy who did, it, I think it was like a college project or it was just like a hobby project that he did, and they mm. were free. He was like just experimenting with how to like place stuff on the blockchain. He was just kind of messing around to see, oh, like maybe in the future Mm -hmm. tokens will live in this type of way. And yeah, he released, I think there's a thousand of them or 10,000 of them. And they were free. He just wanted to see, like, would people be interested in this type of art? And mm. he just gave them away. And now they're worth, yeah, millions of dollars. Because, but part of the reason they're worth a million millions of dollars is because they're seen as being the original initial wave of NFTs. They're like, oh, this is mm. foundational to this concept. So I kind of get that argument, but surely not like five million dollars. Like, surely that can't be correct. But anyway, here we are. Crazy,
0: you know. crazy money. So with all of this money being pumped into the market, let's talk about how the NFT market is doing at the moment because like a lot of things, it's down. Because like the stock market's down, crypto's down, NFTs are down as well. So sales of NFTs are actually... For the for last month, so for June 2022, they totaled just over $1 billion, um, which is NFT's worst performance since last June 2021, when sales were only $648 million. And then when NFTs were kind of at its peak, um, was this January just gone, and they, they brought in like $12.6 billion in one month, and that was January. So they're, they're really down
1: yeah i mean mean, i've also seen i I know that there was a wall street journal article i think that came out last month that was also Mm -hmm. talking about participation in nft um like uh, the wallets that you need because you have to have like a solera wallet or an ethereum wallet in order to Mm -hmm. buy these um, because that's like the way that they're they're hosted on ethereum blockchains Mm -hmm. and um there was data that came out that According to non-fungible, which is a site apparently that keeps track of all this, uh, the number of active wallets dropped by 40% between May and June of this year and daily mm-hmm. sales fell by 60%. So it does seem that you know, some of the kind of eagerness and the excitement around this and the Maybe in some ways desperation. Like I think people really thought they were getting left behind of like the next yeah. greatest investment trend. I think that has mm-hmm. kind of worn away. Um, which probably, in terms of the sustainability of of NFTs as an investment, or even NFTs as you know a concept as as a a f- type of art, is good. You know, you don't want people to be buying these things in the absolute mm-hmm. hypest of hype cycles.
0: Yeah, well, we're seeing that in the stock market as well. People are kind of yep. rotating into safer investments, which does make yeah. sense as well, because you know, like we're heading into recession more than likely. Yeah. So, you know, these NFTs are super risky. Um, but do, do you see do you see the NFT market coming back?
1: Maybe. I the thing I always think about is I think the technology is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of digital scarcity or the idea that you can make something you know, unique and trackable within mm. the internet um, is probably something that we will figure out a way to actually use in, in mm. a worthwhile sense. I remember we had a conversation a couple yeah. months ago where I was like, why don't they do this for concert tickets? You know, there's so much fraud in concert ticket sales. And then we have so many issues yeah. of scalpers and people buying up dozens and dozens of tickets and then reselling them for, you know, 10 times the face value. But yeah, if we existed, if like true. Ticketmaster was a marketplace in which we could watch all of the transactions happening and we knew that the tickets were real because, you know, they existed on a blockchain, they couldn't be mm-hmm. faked. Well, I think that was quite a reasonable yeah. way to to use an nft if it, and then you'd like get to keep the ticket i don't know after afterwards yeah. and it would be you know like a digital souvenir um i think that's yeah. like a like a way we could actually use the technology um mm-hmm. i think the the current movement to me is really reminiscent of when i read about the tech bubble in the end of the 90s and which like it was this big wave of all these companies showed up on the stock market and they just put internet in their IPO <laughs> documentation even if they weren't even remotely you know associated with the internet because they knew yeah. people were really excited. They were like this is the cutting edge. But even if they just used they, email. <laughs> yeah, but like very few businesses actually knew how to use the internet, yeah. you know, to to make money. Like think of Amazon. Amazon existed in the 90s, but think of how hard it would be to get Amazon to scale. You know, you have to find people to sell on the platform, you have to find ways to fulfill the orders and then You know, you're you're so limited by the by Internet access, because in 1999, Mm -hmm. not that many people had Internet or if they did have Internet, it was really slow. So I don't know how much Mm -hmm. online shopping they'd be doing. But Mm -hmm. then as Internet access grew, the concept of Amazon became incredibly smart. So Mm -hmm. then it did become this multi trillion dollar business coming into the 2000s. And I think that's where we are right now with NFTs. The Technology has emerged, and we think, Well, that's interesting. That'll probably be on the cutting edge. We'll probably figure out something really important to do with that. But right now, the use cases just haven't emerged because mm. like governments aren't using them, co- big companies aren't using them. Um, we just haven't like legitimized the idea, I think, yet. Um, but I don't think they're going away. I think it'll mm-hmm. just be a couple years for us to figure out how we're properly going to use them,
0: yeah. So I- Actually, let's talk about some of the pros and cons of investing in um, stocks versus NFTs. So I guess what do you think is like the main pro and con? Of NFTs? Yeah. Um, You said what what they're tied to.
1: Yeah. So I would say like the the main... Okay. So I like the idea that NFTs are tied to art because I think that Mm -hmm. it is really important particularly in our society where like everybody needs money and everything is getting way more expensive. If you believe in Mm -hmm. art and you, you know, believe in an artist, I think it's really important that you pay for their work. Yeah. Uh, And I think that NFTs have established a really nice way for artists to continue to enjoy monetary success if their work, you know, has this afterlife after they've made an initial sale. Because I think one of the Mm -hmm. saddest things is when an artist produces a piece of work and in 25 years is considered a really great piece of work and it's being sold for tens of millions of dollars, but they don't get a piece of that sale because they don't own the artwork anymore. I think Mm -hmm. that concept within NFTs is really nice because it Mm -hmm. will allow our economy to be more supportive of artists. The downside, the main con I would say for NFTs is that like they are not tied from an investment standpoint, they're not tied to the economics of a business. You know, there is no Mm -hmm. like financial fundamentals that you can go and check in on, you know, it's, it's, it's totally qualitative stuff. You know, it's, it's entirely dependent upon what art is trendy right now. And that changes all the time. Mm -hmm. So, and it's not really something you can measure or predict. And Mm -hmm. so from an investment point of view, I think just think it's too unstable because, Mm -hmm. You never know what's going to happen, which I guess, suppose is why when we spoke to the artist um, several episodes ago, she was just like, oh, just buy art that you like so that even if it turns out to be worth yeah. it, you still like it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's so much easier for a person who, you know, isn't involved in finance and has never been an investor mm-hmm. before to say to them, do you believe Apple is still going to be around in 20 years or do you believe this artist is still going to be popular, yeah. you know, even next week, <laughs> you yeah. don't know like what's going to happen. So I think that's very important, just like difference, and it makes stock investing a lot safer. Obviously, as well, the stock market has been around for so much longer as well. Yeah. So you can see like how a stock, you know, has performed in the past, and also how that business has performed in the past, and then you can also see what their plans are for the future, like what products they're bringing out, and all of that kind of stuff. Mm. So yeah, and I guess the NFT market as it has proven, it's highly volatile as well. Yeah. Compared oh, yeah. to... Yeah, it's a, it's like the crypto market as well. Like, it can be... Mm. It can, you know, it can it's made people millionaires very fast. It's... it's People have lost a lot of money very quickly yeah. as well. And you don't yeah. really see that in the stock market other than the meme stock craze, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, but I also think, like, you mentioned the market there, how it's tied to crypto. We also, I don't think, mm. in terms of the market, have, like, worked out all the kinks yet. I think, like, we think of the stock market as being very easy to enter and to buy stock in nowadays because we're like, we're, we have confidence in brokerages, but like we have read stories about, you know, people having their crypto wallets hacked into and all their NFTs get stolen. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think we are yet at a level that I even have full confidence in the system that I would be mm-hmm. like, Oh, I really like this NFT. I'll buy it. I think I would still feel but unsure of, of, you know, there's a tremendous amount of fraud that seems to happen. Um, yeah. And even like people, like become fake artists and they try and generate hype around the artwork and then uh, so it all turns out to be a big fraud and they were like oh no I was just taking advantage of you I'm gonna take all this money and run off so Mm. I think like a bit more regulation I think would help people have confidence in the format as well
0: yeah because when you think about the amount of regulation a company has to go through to you know IPO to get their company on the stock market massive like it takes Mm -hmm. such a long time it's highly highly regulated but then we've even like saw stories about, um, you know, artists that have like passed away and then people are taking their artwork and turning them into F- NFTs, which is like horrible, which, yeah. you know, like that's so like, that's really sad for their family, their fans as well. Yeah. And, you know, that wouldn't, that couldn't happen on the stock market, you know, that kind of fraud, yeah. like, you know, if you're a business, you're, you're a real life thing and then you've you've gone through all the formalities to get your stock on the stock market. So yeah yeah there's definitely as you said there's kinks and it's so early that it's just um it's just really like risky I guess but I do think like if you are like really really interested in art it's you know it can be a safer investment because you might be already you know chatting to NFT communities that might be like a large part of your day is talking to other artists and researching them you can make money that way but um I do like even the way Alex was saying in our interview Like, she spends so much time, like, interacting with her, like, fans and following other artists' journey. So when Mm -hmm. she makes an investment, she's a lot more confident. Whereas that's a lot of work if you're not in that world.
1: Yeah. It definitely Mm -hmm. needs to be a passion project, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So then what you've done a lot of, like, research into the feminization of NFTs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this was kind of something I, I looked at in, in terms of of how they're being marketed and how they're being commodified, I guess you could say. Mm. And um, I'm always really interested in how people get into NFTs. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like it, it always there are always people who like NFTs and people who have never heard of NFTs. And I was like, how do we get from one to the other? And so one of the concepts that I started to notice emerging about six months ago was NFTs were entering the mainstream via celebrities and influencers. Mm -hmm. and i think um one of the the biggest stories maybe to talk about was was justin bieber showed up on jimmy fallon's show on the tonight show (laughs) a couple months ago after he had bought a board ape and jimmy fallon also owns a board ape and uh bieber had bought board ape number 3001 for 1.2 million dollars which is insane and then he was like promptly roasted by the board ape nft community because they were like that ape doesn't have any rare features so he shouldn't be worth 1.2 million, because oh, yeah. I like NFTs. That's the only like,
0: reason. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> NFTs in a lot of these communities, they they're kind of like Pokemon cards, right? You want the one with the like yeah. with the rarest attribute. He want he needs to be the most special. And apparently, like three thousand and one was not was not was not the the ape. Um, but also around that same time, we saw another group wade into the NFT crypto space, and it kind of was when I wasn't exactly expecting. It was like Hollywood's most powerful women. So mm. overnight we saw Reese Witherspoon, Brie Larson, Gwyneth Paltrow and Eva Longoria change their Twitter icons to NFTs from a collection called the flower girls. Um, and this collection is 10,000 unique NFTs that were launched by an artist called Vivara Alley. Um, and it from its initial launch generated more than $15 million. And, um, And I think part of the reason that a lot of these big names were attracted is the NFT collection promised to donate 20% of its profits to charity, but it also was very upfront about labeling itself as a feminist NFT. So all of the artwork is um, like women. And then it's like all the, they're all in association with nature. So they all have like various different types of flower crowns or different backgrounds or different. um, Some of them are like dressed up like fairies and stuff like that. Um, And this is, an issue, I suppose, because apparently only 5% of NFT creators are women. So these female celebrities, when they, you know, began changing their Twitter icons or talking about the collection, they were framing it like we're trying to promote quality in the NFT space. Mm -hmm. Which I suppose is noble. Like you don't want women getting left behind in any kind of, you know, market. But I solely saw it as like any new age marketing campaign before it, that it was just like a company or a concept or an NFT collection, like feminizing itself in an attempt to persuade mm. everyday women to spend their money, to increase the value of these things. Right. Cause obviously they want to create demand because it means everybody's NFTs are worth more money. But I'm always like, but all these rich and powerful women already own these NFTs, which means they're just going to make more money by pushing mm. more regular people to look at them. So I was just, mm-hmm. I don't know, it gives me, it gives me the ick a bit. I'm kind of like, you're <laughs> using feminism. Yeah. Yeah to make money. I was like, I don't think I like that. So red flag. It is a red flag. And so I do think it's worth, you know, exploring and discussing like what branding and community and celebrity endorsements look like in the NFT community, because I think that's really important for how NFTs gain the perception of value. And I think it's, it's like a, it's like a little bit corrupt, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think it means that many of these digital assets their perception of 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 being worth anything is is very delicate you know and i think that means that there will inevitably be a crash i think we might you know we might already be in a crash as we were previously discussing um yeah and so i then kind of dove in and was like hey i want to see how people end up wanting to buy an nft right so okay we saw reese witherspoon she bought an nft maybe i'm like oh I'm interested. I like Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. So you go you go and you have a look. So I then joined the Flower Girl Discord channel because I wanted to see like what people who own these things or people who want to own these things, what they talk about. Mm-hmm. And that made me realize that the community aspect of NFTs creates like an obsessive behavior because you essentially enter a digital echo chamber where everyone around you is talking about these nfts nonstop, and they're encouraging mm-hmm. you to buy and they're saying oh like prices just went down so you should pick up one now like they're all very yeah. obsessed but mm-hmm. obviously they're all obsessed because they already own nfts and by bringing more people into the community they make more money it's like a pyramid mm-hmm. scheme and i thought that was kind of <sighs> something we'd not talked about <laughs> in relation to <laughs> nfts
0: yeah oh that's crazy yeah it's a not... pyramid scheme thing off yeah. off topic did you see that andrew tate who's also gone viral on social media He's literally gone viral by creating um, a pyramid scheme. So he sells his course and all of his course is that you like chop up pieces of his podcast interviews and you share them on social media and then you try to get other people to buy the course as well. So if you get someone to buy your course and buy a course from you, you get 50% of the revenue, but it all, all it is just to get him more famous. So it's kind of like that. Like it's, it's Yeah really weird like yeah like people are doing that with nfts to bring them in and then they know that they'll make money from it like it's a bit of a longer longer stretch but i thought that andrew tate story was crazy
1: no it's 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 very similar because um i think the internet and social media has kind of made people realize that fame is such a commodity like fame is worth money particularly like Mm. particularly with the the amount of money that influencers seem to be making these days And Mm. I think NFTs are exactly the same. You want popularity, you want attention, you want eyeballs, you want fame because it means you will be worth more money. Your asset is worth more if people want it. And so it does just set up these kind of digital assets to want to build these communities and want this attention. They want these famous people to be involved. Um, Mm -hmm. And
0: I think as well, like the community aspect online is like as we move more online, Um, like internet communities are just growing so so popular so it does kind of fit into that and even like you know in if you're an NFT and in in that community you can like hide your identity you can be whoever you want you know like if you're if you want to escape reality by going into these uh, discords you can be whoever like you want and like I actually (laughs) it's a funny story I've only like started using discord because I watch Love Island on it now and like it these people are, like, best friends with these, like, people they've never met before. But every night at 9 o'clock, they go into Discord mm-hmm. and they, like, just chat with them. And all of their profile pictures are, yeah, like, avatars, like, that, like f- yeah. you know what I mean? And they have, like, these cool names. But, like, they're all just people from, like, the UK and, like, Europe who, you know, aren't living in, you know, like, or wherever they are. Yeah, they yeah, just yeah. can't. Like, um, they don't want, they'd rather watch it on Discord. And, it, like, that's my first, like, view of it. And I remember you said you went in and watched people you you're seeing people watch stuff together i think that is it like it's it's people want to feel feel at home somewhere online now
1: it's a community which yeah arguably
0: like for anyone who's never been on a discord before
1: it looks like a really unsophisticated blog like there's very poor visuals Mm. like it's all just writing stuff and i think when people imagine a metaverse they're thinking like the sims like we'll all have little avatars and it will be very interactive and like built up but i would actually argue that like discord is the metaverse now Like people are living Mm -hmm. online in these little worlds that they construct so they can go and find a Discord channel dedicated to something they're obsessed with and they can live on there. Basically, they can form social relationships, sometimes parasocial relationships. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting, but it does create these communities that are so intense and concentrated around a a single topic, in Mm -hmm. this case, NFTs, which are Mm -hmm. then like that translates into money. And that translates into, like, how these things become worth more, which then makes them into investments, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And that's where I get a bit, I don't know, like… They, they incentivize people to participate for such a long period of time, and they incentivize them to hold through downturns in a way that is so brilliant. But also, I'm I'm always like, surely this is corrupt. So, for example, like these flower girl NFTs, right? If you bought during the initial wave, you got all these like bonuses. You got like a mini NFT for free. And mm-hmm. then the flower girls are going on a journey, right? Like that's the thing. They're always checking in to see where their flower girl is. They're on their way to Venus, I think. It's, it's something like that, you know, because like women are from venus and men are from mars have you ever heard yeah, that saying
0: yeah yeah
1: um so the flower girls are on the way there and the longer that you hold your nft along this journey you get extra nft things or you know y- your nft will crossbreed with somebody else's nft to create a rare super rare off breed because they want to keep people interested the whole time you know you don't just want people interested during the initial Release. You need these people to be consistently re engaged mm-hmm. with their community so that these things can have a really long shelf life and maybe become, mm-hmm. you know, like the next crypto punks. And mm-hmm. it's just very interesting to watch people participate in it over such a, a long period of time. I just get worried because. There is such an in-group and out-group way of thinking in these things. And what I mean by that is people who know nothing about NFTs very happily are like, I know nothing. I don't care about it. I don't want to get mm-hmm. involved. I don't want to buy one. And then people who are in NFTs are like, oh my God, guys, like this is so great. And we need to buy as soon as possible because I need to get my flower girl on the way to Venus and something. And then they're just surrounded by other people thinking that way. And then- they obviously are never going to listen to someone from the out group being like, Hey, like maybe you shouldn't be spending this much money on this digital asset Mm -hmm. because they're surrounded by all these yes men. And I just, it makes me worry even more about NFTs as investments because there's just so little logic. Maybe is the way to say it, like just so little kind of critical thinking about how things are actually worth anything.
0: Yeah. So in conclusion, be safe out there folks.
1: Yeah. And I do think here it is it is worth saying, I suppose. So like I am after just bashing on like Reese Witherspoon and all and like Gwyneth Paltrow, who, uh, to be honest, I expected Reese, I expected Gwyneth Paltrow to be somehow involved in murky crypto deals because she seems to have no standards, to be honest. Like, I think she would yeah. sell anything. Um but yeah. I was a bit disappointed in Reese Witherspoon, but it is worth yeah, saying. Yeah,
0: she seems nice.
1: Yeah, but it is worth saying that some celebs are not on board with this because uh, when the last Matrix film came out, the production <laughs> company that made it, they minted a uh, 100,000 NFT collectibles and started selling them to fans. And I saw an interview where they asked Keanu Reeves about it and they were like, hey, like, did you see there was a huge wait list for your NFTs? And he outwardly laughed out loud. And then basically was like, I don't believe in the concept of digital scarcity. And he said that like NFTs can be very easily reproduced. So obviously he was very skeptical and wasn't willing to to hop on board the NFT train. So it seems like some people are are still thinking about it in this way. And I think the big takeaway for me, to be honest from doing all this research and having a look at NFTs through this lens is that if they are going to be considered an investment as they so often are promoted as, whereas I think we are quite comfortable with the concept of them being, you know, a, a way to host art. I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to view them as, as an investment, uh, they need to be regulated because yeah. in no world would a celebrity be allowed to get up in front of, you know, the entire nation on the tonight show and say, I'm buying Apple stock. I'm buying so much Apple stock. I'm putting 1.2 million dollars into Apple stock. You should buy Apple stock. Oh, Jimmy, you also own Apple stock. Isn't Apple stock great? <laughs> That's illegal. You can't do that. Yeah. And yeah. so I don't understand how NFTs are allowed to kind of skirt this form mm-hmm. of regulation. And I will be interested to see if that if it comes in in the future. That being mm-hmm. said, like the art market has never really been regulated in that way, so they might get away with it. But just
0: what you said. It. What you said about um Justin Bieber and Jimmy Fallon, though, is that not what we just did about Costco? But it's Costco, <laughs> which is acceptable.
1: Well, sure, I don't get any monetary benefit if you buy Costco. I don't. Well, I do own Costco stock. Wow. Yeah. So maybe don't. Buy we didn't Costco. say
0: how much we put into it.
1: Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. Like, I don't think like we're not the CEO of Costco. But yeah, I suppose. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, that is why you're not allowed. We're not allowed to give financial advice.
0: Yeah. Hashtag not financial advice.
1: Yeah. I don't think I ever uttered the words buy Costco stock.
0: No, I'm money messing. I'm money messing. All right. So then, who is our girl boss of the week?
1: Oh, I think it's very obvious at at this point. It's Reese Witherspoon. It's Matt Damon. It's Larry David. It's Gwyneth Paltrow. It's all these celebrities who are out there making, you know, commercials for crypto.com or promoting NFTs on their social medias and pushing people towards – you know, this medium when they haven't done any research and they don't know anything about it. And yeah, I think that that's fair enough. There's a long list. Yeah. Like I, there are plenty of celebrities involved. I know a lot of sports people are involved in NFTs as well. There was a mm-hmm. huge backlash about that in England recently with Premier League players being involved. So yeah, I'm, I'm almost so particularly mad at Matt Damon because he was in that ridiculous cryptocurrency ad where he utters the quote where he's like, oh, fortune favors the brave. I think that's so ridiculous like that's just rude (laughs) to people to be honest so there are there are are many girl bosses of the week
0: and you also said I remember before that they've all these people have been very quiet since oh yeah NFTs are crashing as well which yeah yeah the New York you know they're not they don't they're not out here helping people get through it
1: Oh, the new york times wrote an article um last month where they tried to contact reese witherspoon matt damon to get comment mm-hmm. being like oh you know um many crypto platforms are having trouble all these currencies are down and none of them would respond for comment so you have to remember these people get paid to do this like they when yeah. gets paid to show up in that commercial i guarantee mm-hmm. reese witherspoon is being paid to buy those nfts and if she's not yeah. she's being given the nfts for free which means she, of course she wants the value of them to go up that's why she's getting mm-hmm. paid because we have no regulation.
0: Mm -hmm. you gotta have regulation folks
1: have to have regulation so there we go
0: okay so that's a wrap thanks so much for listening we hope you enjoyed
1: if you enjoyed this episode tune back in in two weeks time when we will be talking about how
0: to build your own stock portfolio yeah i'm very excited about that one and if you want to follow us on socials, please do. You can find us on Instagram at FunMyLifePodcast or on Twitter at MyWallStreetHQ and on TikTok either at MyWallStreet or at Anne-Marie and Nicole FML.
1: It's a bit of a mouthful. Uh, And finally, if you're ready to start your investing journey and are looking for resources, check out My Wall Street's Getting Started podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts or download the My Wall Street Learn app. Both are linked below. If you want access to our list of stocks handpicked by our analysts and lots of other interesting finance and business content, download the My Wall Street app and create a free account today.
0: That's all from us here at FML. Hope you enjoyed listening. Bye.